Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to a Monday episode of The Staredown. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, with my good friends Bill Resser in St. Petersburg, Florida, Todd Meininger in Cumming, Georgia, and Shay Brewer out in Portland, Oregon. We're coming to you because we had a long, long weekend. One of our buddies, Todd, was down visiting family and had a long drive home, so we decided to postpone, and really, we had a ton of uh, stuff to talk about, adding in an extra day to think about everything that's happening, uh, just because it's a great chance. This is the Sports Talk and Real Estate Show. Uh, Let's see how everybody's doing. Bill, what's going on? Not much. Uh, you know, hot and humid here in, uh, in, in beautiful Florida. It's, uh, it was a sticky weekend. I, probably more sticky than last summer. Uh, I've already decided humidity is uh, tougher than I thought it was last year. Is it, <laughs> I guess some summers are worse, right, Todd? <laughs> Absolutely, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in one of those summers, but uh, things are good. How about you? Talk about you were in Florida. Yeah, I just um, I just remember, and Atlanta's hot, but definitely Florida's more humid. I remember being in sales, and you'd literally get out of your car, walking into your appointment in, in the summer, and you were just sticking to your clothes. But that's the bad news. Good news is everyone's the same way, so you can, uh, you don't have to worry about it. Hey, great, great weekend. Um, starting on the 4th, uh, went down to Florida, down to Melbourne Beach, Florida. Uh, saw Stayed with the parents for one night, and then did the uh, reunion at the Hilton on the beach. So I'm coming off a... Fun son, family, great time. Um, no good mini vacay goes unpunished as Monday morning hit. And uh, it, was, it was a day of, of, of good catch up. But um, anyway, that's, uh, that's a recap. Had a great time. Great time seeing family and had a great time in the sun uh, down on the beach. Todd, curious where you're at. Do you guys go 20 over to 95 or do you go down 75, 10, 95? Uh, I go uh, Georgia 400 to 75, 80, 75 85. All the way down to the Florida Turnpike, Florida Turnpike over across the state to 528 to A1A. Now, okay. I want to point okay. something out. You call, you call them 75, 85. You don't call them the 75 and the 85? Uh, no, and um, – <laughs> It's a California thing. <laughs> yeah. So Atlanta's got 285, which is circle, and 75 and 85 actually merge and are the same road uh, through parts of Atlanta, and then they redivide. 85 goes east and uh, north and east, and 75 goes – uh, north and west, I guess, up to all the way to Columbus or Kentucky, right, Sean? Um, yeah, I think seventy-five Lexington. was all the, way to, all the way up to Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's why I said seventy-five, eighty-five. So I'm sure Shay knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> right, let's check in with Shay. What's going on out in Portland? Uh, Portland's nice, man. I'm I'm out here enjoying this soap opera, which is NBA free agency and the World Cup. <laughs> So I've been entertained with nothing but sports all weekend. How about you, Sean? Yeah, we're going we're gonna to hit on those because obviously uh, what your big star, Damian Lillard, a lot, of, a lot of rumors going on. He came out today and said, look, I'm not unhappy. I'm all in on, on Portland, but maybe you have some more of the inside scoop. Uh, at least that's what, that's what was kind of released on the, uh, on the social feeds. Um, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Let's, let's start, guys, with the, uh, with, with the biggest store in the world, obviously, and that's, that's the World Cup. Uh, I, I sent you guys messages. Uh, I'm kind of officially in on the World Cup. 
uh, going to miss, miss part of the game tomorrow. I might try and listen to it. Is, is it, do they cover it on the radio in America? Can I, can I find it on the radio? <laughs> yeah. You so, got serious. If you got serious, you serious it. it'll be on Fox sports, which I believe is, um, eight 40 something, but I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up. But Fox sports, if you go to Fox soccer channel, it'll say on there, uh, tune into Fox sports to listen. Okay. So, yeah. So, to, so, so let's kind of get, I'll, I'll give a recap where we're at. And then I want to go, back to last week's games, last weekend's games, which was the, I guess you'd call it the Elite Eight, right? The, the, the four teams in, they, they call it the quarterfinals. Um, but you had Uruguay playing France, France advances, and they'll play Belgium tomorrow, who beat a Brazil team um, with Neymar and, and some of the best players in the world. Uh, so once again, in, in the first semifinal, France versus Belgium. And then on the other side of the bracket, you had Sweden playing England. England advances uh, in that one. Uh, and really given a lot of uh, people in in, uh, in England's hope that they're going to hashtag bring it home. Uh, and Croatia-Russia was a was a tight match, went all the way into PKs, uh, and Croatia hangs on to win on the last kick of the game. Mm. Uh, so you're going to have England play Croatia on Wednesday. So l- let's start with you, Shay. Uh, which of the first, uh, Uruguay-France or Brazil-Belgium, do you want to hit on first? <laughs> You know, I, I go Brazil, Brazil, Belgium to start off with because Brazil is the traditional powerhouse, and they look brand, they look frazzled from the very from the very uh, from the very start of that game. They looked frazzled. And they looked like they were playing catch up the majority of the game. Belgium pretty much dominated dominated possession, and I want to say Belgium dominated shots on goal too. So that was I think that, that was one of my favorite surprise games. To- that was one of my favorite games to watch because it was such an offensive minded game. It was very much like a, like a fun and gun, uh, you know, NBA game where the score is 132 to 127. I mean, there was so much action in the two boxes at each end of the floor. And it, in between the boxes, it was really like almost like a fast break offense. Wouldn't you say that Shay? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Todd, what did you think about that one? Man. And Belgium looks really good. Uh, Belgium looks excellent. And Brazil, this is a Brazil team that is is good, but they lack something that the, the teams in the past uh, have had. And I'm not sure, quite sure what it is. But uh, Belgium, um, I, what, I think there's an own goal, if I'm not mistaken, and then Belgium scored. So they're up 2 nothing, And Brazil puts one in fairly late, um, I believe probably in the, I don't know, 70th minute, somewhere around there. And that was the type of game where, if that game lasted under five and ten or ten minutes, I think Brazil ties it up. I mean, they just turned it up and uh, and really attacked Belgium and, and left it all on the field. So I thought it was a, a very interesting game, but I think Belgium is is a really um, they they may be the dark not the dark horse. They may be the favorite of the four to win it all at this point. Bill, um, South America's out. That's all I got. Yeah, I mean, all, all the big boys are out. Brazil was really the last big big team in. Um, I didn't see any of the Uruguay-France. I was playing golf that, that morning. Um, but I'll tell you what I, who I'm really impressed with, and, and I don't know if, if you would say he's the player uh, the player to watch of the four that are left, because I know that, that – is it Henry Kane or Harry Kane with, uh, with, with England? Harry Kane, yeah. Uh, has a, but, but this Lukaku guy from, <laughs> from Belgium is absolutely Excellent. unbelievable. He's so big, first of all. Yet he's so fast, and I think every defender would underestimate his speed to the ball. Um, and he is just, you know, he's, he's, he's pulling double teams anytime he's on the offensive side of the thing. Um, does he play in the EPL, Todd? 
Yeah, he's um, uh, he he's a member of Manchester United. Um, they also have uh, Hazard, who plays for Chelsea, and they have um, and I think I'm pronouncing his name wrong, De Bruyne. Uh, Jay, you can help me out with that. But he plays for Manchester City, and their keeper, um, uh, his name escapes me, but he's also in the Premier League. Premier League. These guys are just. They're absolutely loaded with talent and, and good talent. Um, I was say, wouldn't you say at least half of every team we're watching are EPL players? I saw some stat, and there was like 31 EPL guys in the in the round of eight. So, wow. um, and I'm I'm taking a little bit of a only, number, but it was it was a significant amount anyway. But if, but then if you you go over to Spain's league or the Bundesliga, those guys are mm-hmm. littered throughout those eight teams, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, so before we go to the other side of the bracket, let's let's look at that France Belgium match. France has has really played well. They've been they've been the better team, obviously, in every match they've played. Um, you know, and that's how they got to where they're at. Uh, they're a young team. Uh, Belgium has, as you said, Todd, probably more of the stars, more of the recognizable names. I think uh, De Bruyne is one of the guys that had one of the good goals um, mm-hmm. in, in the game against Brazil. Um, what are you guys looking for in that match with? France and Belgium is Belgium going to push the pressure and will, will France try and match it or will France try and uh, keep, keep it a, a lot of passing, a lot of backward game. I mean, I'll jump in. I think both teams just got to ride the horse that, that you know, they rode in on um, they're, both teams are playing very well. Um, I know Giroud plays for France. Uh, he's um, he's with Chelsea. Um, a couple other names that are just, just uh, slipping my mind, but it's going to be a lot of people are saying that's, you know, that's the de facto, uh, you know, winner um, easier said than done. We see many a semifinal where the the perceived top two um, kind of beat each other up uh, going into the, the final game. But again, I like Belgium in this, um, but I would not be surprised one bit if, if France comes away and um, showing one negative about uh, being at the Hilton down in Member Beach is they did not carry Fox sports one. So uh, I didn't see any of that game. I did see a little bit of the second game um, on, uh, on, on a cell phone, but uh, I wasn't too worried. I was checking scores. But uh, uh, the next day, both games were on Fox. So, All right, so Todd's leading Belgium. Uh, Bill, what do you think? Oh, I'll, look, I, I don't really – you know, I'm, I'm in here like you, t- Sean, just watching and enjoying. Uh, <laughs> but I, I like Belgium too. I just – you know, they, they, I don't really have a reason. I'm, okay. I'm being brutally honest. I'll just take Belgium. I, I, I'm looking for a Belgium-England final, but I'm jumping. Mm. And Belgium's never won it. Is that correct? I don't think so. Yeah. yeah. And England, I can, England was a I long time. I can look time. it up real quick. Yeah. yeah. Shay, what do you like in the France-Belgium game? And do you like Belgium? I think I'm a lean. I'm going to go France. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go France. You always got to be different. I, <laughs> yeah, I've got to be the country in here, man. They, uh, I like the youth. I like the youth. Um Belgium is so sound with all of their formations. They're so sound, but I just think that, you know, once again, maybe they're, maybe Francis is young enough not to care. It's just not to realize the moment and just go out and play free. And, and who knows what can happen. It's the world cup. France isn't bad. If they're, that has been something, they're a top five team for sure. So it's been something fun to watch as a, once again, a kind of a novice fan is my favorite, my favorite play in the games are the corner kicks because there's so mm-hmm. many different ways that the, that the teams break uh, when the guy drops his hand, uh, you know, uh, Belgium's first goal, uh, which, as you said, Todd, it technically was an own goal because it went off a shoulder of a of a Brazilian player. But, you know, two guys were in a position where the guy couldn't cover both of them, and he just got kind of caught in the middle of, of, of no man's land. It went off the head of a Belgian player, glanced off his shoulder, and, and, and obviously that redirects it 
for the goalie. Then the second game, England Croatia. Yeah. So one of ten o'clock. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the Sweden England game. Um, that was the first game on Sunday. Um, England won two to one. Sweden scored late. Um, what did you guys think of that game? Obviously, it's it's my favorite thing is when they show the English fans and they score. They show the goal. And all the beer goes up in the up in the sky. You know, it's just a, a unbelievable video of the of the fan watch parties. But uh, let's start with you, Bill, on this one. Did you see any of the Sweden England game? I did. I did watch that game. That was a lot of fun. Uh, it, it never. It felt felt like it was never in doubt. Right. Um, I know that Sweden scored late. And then there, you know, the English goalie. Uh, once again, I'll look to Todd to tell me who he plays for. <laughs> yeah. Pickford. I can't. I, I'd have to think about that one. Pickford. But, yeah. But he had a great. He's game. in the EPL for sure. Yeah, he had a great game. So that was that was a ton of fun to watch. And I think I think just kind of rooting for them um, after after their amazing PK win, right, to get to the uh, semis uh, or the uh, quarters was awesome. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. As far as the England game goes, you're right. It was it was never really in doubt. Um, England looks good, man. They look really good. It's been so long since they've been this close, and it's like they can taste it. They can taste it, and uh, it'll be an interesting to, uh, to see what happens in the semifinal game and if they're able to advance. You know, it's funny, Shay. You say that, and I, and I hear a lot of people say England looks really good. Looks really good. Yet. Is it because they've gotten so close and lost that just so many people don't want to buy, buy in on them? Because it seems like everyone is just on the edge of their seats. They want England to win. I think a lot of America is probably pulling for England out of the four teams that are left. Um, and uh, yet yet they, the English fans, the, the, the British people we know, Bill, uh, they seem so cautiously – they don't want to go all in because they, they've had their hearts broken before. Right. Yeah. It's, like, One of the, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead, Shay. No, one of the things I think um, that stands out with England to me, and Todd, you can you can jump in on this too. They hired a new manager. They had a new coach. Um, and when he stepped in, it was a lot of controversy because he got rid of a lot of the old regime. I mean, you had guys like Rooney that's been around forever, and he's like, hey, you, you're not going to cut it. You're not going to make the World Cup. And so a lot of the people were disconnected. A lot of the fans and supporters were disconnected by some of the moves he was making early. And now you see the success that they're having so far in the tournament, and everyone's kind of jumping on. And the other Harry scored the first goal. I'm not sure what his name is, but it was a big deal because he finally got off the Schneider. It was his first, I think, goal. He, you know, he was had it Dyer? Goal. Is that, was it Dyer? D-Y-E-R maybe? Um, yeah. I'm not sure. So, Sean, Jordan Pickford uh, plays for Everton, which is the crosstown rival of Liverpool. Um, so he okay. is in the Premier League. And so Southgate, I think, is his last name, the new England coach. Mm-hmm. So it was well. It was well documented before this uh, uh, World Cup that England just suffers heartache after heartache, especially in the um, penalty kicks phase. Uh, the last three major World competitions, they've been bounced, um, and Southgate even missed one back in I want to say '94. I'm guessing at the year, but he actually missed a a, a, a crucial penalty kick in uh, in. Uh, one of their losses, I think it was a semifinal loss. So this guy came in, and as Shea said, he kind of um, got rid of some of the maybe older guys um, and looked towards the younger guys for leadership. But he also embraced the fact that they were uh, snake-bitten uh, in the penalty kick game, right? And he just embraced it. And he, he totally had a different um, paradigm shift and attitude of, hey, we, we have to own it. We have to be responsible. We can't be afraid of it. And um, when it's our time, we're going to go. 
And to see them get the, the proverbial monkey off their back and beat Columbia was, I, I thought, pretty neat. Um, Sean, you mentioned that, you know, England, why is everyone kind of kind of a little, um, I guess, nervous or, or, or about them advancing and why they come this far? And Shay, you probably can, can speak on this also. They are masters at set pieces, corner kicks, um, but they're not really the flashiest um, <clears throat> kind of razzle-dazzle, super like German. You, Germany, you see them, it's the most precision passing you've ever seen. Um, the South American teams are, you know, balls are flying. Whereas England's a little more calculated and they, and they pick their spots in the set, set pieces. Um, so if things aren't going their way, uh, the theory is, is that they may not be able to create as much. That said, Harry Kane's now on their team and uh, he is leading in the golden boot race with, with six goals and, and he's something special. So I, I look for, for England to, uh, to be a very interesting game against Croatia. All right, so let's talk about that Croatia-Russia game. Um, obviously, the home crowd uh, pulling for Russia, a team that wasn't expected to be in the, in the final eight. Um, and they, they kind of had Croatia. Croatia scored at the end um, and, then, and then got it into PKs. Um, you, know, uh, you, you know, fun game to watch because it was two kind of evenly matched teams. Um, you know, came down to penalty kicks and, you know, boy, missing that first penalty kick. Um, was was bad, and then and then Todd, we talked about it last week. Uh, the guy from Croatia completely missed the entire goal uh, from Russia. Wasn't he Russian? Russia? Yeah. yeah, the Russia yep. guy. Yeah, the young guy from Russia. I mean, completely yeah. missed it by three or four feet. And I know it's just you know at the time you it leaves your foot, it's it's inches, but it becomes feet by the time the ball is traveling so fast. Um, you know, Russia missed missed one and, and had two stopped in that. In that yeah. So. So again, I was watching it uh, at a beach bar. So um, excuse me if some of the details may be may be slightly off, but uh, you know, Russia came and they scored um, kind of late in the first half and and, and kind of surprised everyone, right? And then somehow Croatia does a good job by tying it up, and so we're going to extra time. Um, seemed like the last you know ten, fifteen, twenty minutes. I'm certainly Russia was playing for it, right? Um, uh, and so we go to extra time. And lo and behold, Croatia stuns everyone with a, a, an early goal in the first 15-minute period. So, I mean, everyone watching, is uh, that's all, all she wrote. And against all odds, you know, Russia comes in and, and ties it up. So we're going to penalty kicks. The one really thing that stood out in my mind that, that kind of drives me crazy, even though it shouldn't, is the Croatian goal scorer uh, in the extra time was on a yellow card. Right. And so if you accumulate two yellow cards, you can't play the next game. And he scores. And I guess he was overcome with excitement, takes his shirt off, runs to the stands. And that's an automatic yellow card. So he will not be able to play this game, um, which to me drives me nuts because he had to know he's sitting on a yellow card and that would jeopardize him playing in the semifinals. Um, And again, real quick, Sean, you said uh, good stops, but uh, a Russian guy didn't hit the target. I think these guys, if they strike the ball well and the keeper saves it, um, it's easier pill to swallow than when you actually just, you know, don't hit it on net. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You know, that's a, that's something you don't think about till the next tournament. It's something you think about for your life because the world cup at that stage is, you know, I mean, you know, there's, and there's some soft, there's some soft kicks that are, you know, easily saved, but God, yeah, I, that's the, the cardinal sin is you gotta, you gotta put it in the frame, right? So, so let, me, let me put you on the spot, Ty. We talked last week about the – it wasn't a routine play in the Arkansas game going sideways for, for a foul ball to, mm-hmm. to win the World Series. It, is a penalty kick a routine kick? I mean, it's, 
I know there's thought, I know there's pressure, but it's, you're kicking a ball 15 yards to a big, huge net, right? I, I think it's, you know, you'd have to equate it to, you know, uh, you'd have to equate to a free throw, right? Um, I would guess, and Shay, you can jump in on that, but it's got to be the most basic of plays. And if you put it, if you strike the ball well, where you want it to go in the frame, uh, you know, you should score more times than not. And if the goalie's good enough to save it, Again, you can live with it. So I think, hat, yeah. I think it's as routine as get now. That said, it's got to be unbelievably pressure packed. Um, and your heart breaks for these guys that have the weight of the world of their countries, yeah. you know, weight of the country on their shoulders. And it just devastates them. And boy, being a goalie, um, you're either the hero or, hey, there's nothing you can do about it. So being the goalie in this spot, I think, is, is, is um, more, more favorable than being the, the, the guy shooting the ball. So shit. Do, do we have any of these uh, PKs for this entire World Cup? Did any of them go 5-5 five, five and into extra kicks? No. There's always yeah. something happens, right? Some block, a miss, whatever. So it's not automatic. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Well, I think it was in the uh, – I think it was in the the PK Croatia-Russia, but the guy stopped it. It hit the post, and they went in the other right. side. Yeah. 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 So, like, the guy stopped it. He got up like he like he celebrated – um, Shay, Shay, your thoughts on Croatia, Russia. And then I want to come back and talk about pressure. Well, I, I really don't have too much thoughts on Croatia, Russia, other than I thought it was um, a rather uneventful game until you got to PKs. Uh, it was the only game out of the four to actually go in PKs. So that kind of drew my interest back in a little bit. Um, I got a question on pressure, and this is for all you guys here. Is it more pressure in the World Cup? to take a shot in PKs or a shootout in the Stanley cup? Well, there wouldn't be, there would be no shootout in the Stanley cup. That's the only thing. Well, let's say that, let's say that it was the final game. Would it, would it just keep going to extra time? It goes overtime. It, it's a yeah. golden goal. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 hypothetically, I think hard uh, scoring a hockey shootout goal is much harder than scoring a, a soccer shootout uh, penalty kick. couple of reasons too. The, the goalie can move. The goalie can the size of the goal. The, the goalie can come out and diminish the size of the goal, right? Mm-hmm. He's got obviously more things, and the and the shot has to be, you know, that you, you're hitting a moving puck instead of a a ball sitting still, um, right? But sh- sh- so, shady your question, um, in the Stanley Cup, it, it would be a golden goal. That's why I, I think the first playoff that happened, Todd, I asked you, is it golden goal or do they? I didn't realize they do 15 minutes. Yeah, extra time. Yep. Yeah, the, you know, the, the extra time. And then, and then is there extra time on the extra time? Is there stoppage time on the extra time too? Um, uh, yeah, they do have two 15 minute uh, extra time periods. And usually unless something crazy happens, they'll, they'll, so they don't always add a minute on the first one. Um, uh, it's almost automatic at half, yeah. but uh, sometimes you'll see them just blow it at 15 minutes. There's been no delays. You know, Shay, the pressure I was thinking of before I had you finish up that, that game, um, you know, when you're playing for your country, Bill, Bill, you've heard many guys talk about it, but during the Ryder Cup, yeah, um, you know, guys say it's hard to tee the ball up on the first hole. They can't get the ball to stay on the tee because their hands are shaking so much. And, you know, that usually in most cases, that first match is alternate shot. So it's only one guy hitting for each team. Um, and they talk about how, you know, they're like, just just get it off the tee. Don't, don't yeah. roll, roll it off the tee. You know, and it's such a pressure-filled moment. And I can only imagine, you know, Starting the game in a, in a soccer game isn't a big deal because you got 90 minutes to play. Um, so very interesting. So let's, let's, let's recap. England, Croatia. Who's your pick, Bill? England. Todd. 
I think Croatia is the better team, but I agree with Bill. I think uh, England, this is kind of their magical run, and uh, they're going to find a way. Shay. All right, guys, you got me. I'm going to England. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I- I'm going England, too. I think uh, England, France, England, Belgium, I think. England, England, Belgium is probably the two better teams playing. England, France, I think, is just a cool story. Uh, you know, the the, the, uh, the battle of the channel. The battle of the channel, exactly. Who gets the channel? You know, who gets to, who gets to uh, decorate the channel? Uh, one thing I do want to f- say on World Cup before we move on, uh, and we'll recap, obviously, uh, we'll be on. Our next episode will be after the World Cup is, has been presented. Um, Bill, we said it off the air, but I wanted to say it on the air. Um, kudos to Fox and their coverage. It's just been fantastic. It's yep. for, for a novice fan like me and for, for true fans like Todd and Shay, I'm sure it's even more so, but – you know, the, the camera work, the, how quick the instant replays happen, because there's only, you know, there's not a timeout. You're not between innings like in baseball where you can set up the, the replay. They almost every corner kick they show from above and they show from the side, two sides as they're kind of getting the goal kicks ready or, or whatever. It's just been so cool. Some of the goals to see it from ground level and see the ball spin and rotate. I just want to get your guys' thoughts on, on what you've thought of not just the coverage, but the, you know, Rob Stone and the guys in, in between at Red Square, I think, the, you know, I, I haven't seen anything on on social about, oh, I hate this announcer or yeah. anything like that. No, I, I'm with you. It's been spectacular. I mean, the I don't know how many cameras they've got sitting at, uh, you know, what the four venues they're at. It's it's amazing. Um, it's, been a, it's been awesome. And, and then you throw on top of that Roger Bennett's tweets. It's just, it's, mm. I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time with the World Cup. <laughs> yeah, Sean, I agree. Kudos um, to Fox and all, and all the guys. And I like, I don't know half the, or more of the guys, the, 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 um, what'd you call them? The, Ale- the color. Uh, the announcers. Alexi, yeah, Alexi Lawless and the, usually the, the girl and the, the analysts. They're, they're, they're great. That's the, there you go. They're great. And, um, I think the, the banter exchange, uh, it's been educational. So I'm not a, a big replay guy, but I think soccer may do the VAR, as they call it, as well as they can. Um, I think we texted a little bit back and forth, Sean and Bill and even Shay, that um, they did a couple of reviews, and I can't remember the exact situation, but I'm glad they didn't call a, a penalty because it would be like reviewing a football game for a hold. I think it was kind of like a jostling um, in a corner kick where there's always grabbing and jostling. And um, yeah. they didn't call them like, if they start calling that, then reviews are going to be really annoying. So yeah. I think they're doing a good job with the VAR also. Yeah. Good call. All right, guys, let's move on. To, I, I want to talk golf. Um, and, and you might be surprised where I go first on this, but I want to talk about say young Kim on the LPGA tour. <laughs> she, she, <laughs> she posts a nine stroke win and shoots, 31 under par <laughs> 31 under par she breaks the lpga tour record um by four strokes um she goes 63 65 64 65 bill i don't know if you if you were like watching the ticker and like and yeah. she parred she parred the last three holes um <laughs> which she is, sucks Are you kidding me she she had one eagle 30 birdies 40 pars and one double. And tell me how, tell me about her percentage of fairways and greens. Um, what was that crazy number? It was unbelievable how, how the numbers, I, I don't know what they were, um, but just a, a really impressive ball striking um, 
effort by, by C. Young Kim. So I just wanted to throw that out there, start yeah. with the LPGA. But, but just your thoughts, Bill, on 31 under. Uh, that's just <laughs> stupid. That's just stupid. <laughs> How do you, I mean, that's like, that's, uh, that's like uh, uh, Will Chamberlain going off for 100 on yeah. a, night, a night in Pennsylvania back in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like, you know, Shay, do you remember when, uh, when you saw Kobe score 80? Like, did you see the game or did you see the crawl on like ESPN the next morning? No, it was 81. <laughs> I, was, I was in an apartment in Auburn against the Raptors. And I, went, I, didn't, I wasn't watching the game until halftime. And I got a text message at halftime. I was like, you got to watch this. Kobe's going off. <laughs> right. And I remember David Robinson, I think, had 60 in a game maybe. Or, you know, yeah. uh, it happens. Um, Bill, another cool story in the PGA Tour. Kevin Na, uh, his, first, yeah. his first win in seven years. Uh, last time he won was 2011. Yeah. Uh, he's won twice on the tour. Listen to this. Since his win in 2011, Kevin Na has had 36 top 10s. Wow. You know, it, it, do you hear his quote in after, after he won? He was very emotional, right? I don't know if you saw the, the post-match interview, but he said he, he went, it took him eight years to win his first match, right? Mm-hmm. His first uh, uh, tournament. And, and he goes, it won't take eight to win the second. It took seven. <laughs> it, almost, it was very close. Yeah, but he, and he, he actually wanted to say something in Korean to his Korean fans, and he's an yeah. you know, American, Korean American. But he um, he he broke down, you know, during that part of his uh, interview. It was very emotional. You can imagine. I mean, the effort going in for seven years and be, being that close so many times, and this really was a walk in the park. He dominated that. Yeah, one by one by on Monday, one by five. But he was really up by six, and then and then yeah. the guy makes the putt on the last hole. Did you yeah. see? at the beginning of the interview with Amanda Balionis, um, she goes, you just got to text from somebody. And he was oh. like a little kid. He's like, Tiger Woods just texted me. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Tiger just texted me. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, one more golf story uh, before we head over to baseball and then the NBA. Um, looks like it's a, it's all but official as far as the announcement of, of when and where um, we're going to see a little match between Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Uh, winner take all $10 million. Now this is going to be sponsor money. I don't believe the players are putting up any of their own money, which would make it much more interesting, Yeah. but it's going to be prime time. It's going to be played in somewhere in Vegas. Not sure what course it's going to, they're going to tee off Vegas time at five 30. Uh, so it's going to be eight 30 our time bill uh, should go till close to 11, 11, 15 primetime golf. You're you've never experienced it bill on the East coast yet. No. Uh, it, it's the best when you, when, when you're, you know, when, when Spieth won out, out wet, it's just so cool when they tee off at, you know, dinner time um, or after dinner time, just what are your thoughts on this match? Apparently it was supposed to happen on July 3rd. They couldn't get the, the sponsors lined up and the course lined up. Um, both these guys, you know, quote unquote, maybe past their prime, but still the two probably biggest names in the game. Yeah. A couple thoughts. One, I wish it was 10 years ago. This was happening. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Uh, and two, you know, I, I remember the Battle of Bighorn. You know, Tiger had those uh, made-for-TV events in the past. Uh, some of them were one-on-one. Then a couple of times it was him and Annika with Kari Webb and Duvall or something. I mean, they were really – He I, played I, Sergio, I think, right? Yeah, I enjoy that stuff. I have no problem with that. I think uh, – but I agree with you. A couple million of each of their own money um, thrown into that $10 million pot. But I do love the winner-take-all aspect. Neither one of those guys needs any money. They're both 100 millionaires uh, yeah. and, and beyond. Tiger, you know, obviously over half a billion or half a, you know, half, uh, half a billion. So they, uh, it's going to be fun. And I think a lot of, 
you and I'll watch it for sure. I think even non-golfers like Shay might watch, tune into that just to kind of see, you know, this is a spectacle. Let's kind of see what's happening here. So it'll have a big audience. It'll be a lot of fun. Is Don King promoting this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ty, uh, Tiger and Phil's agents are. <laughs> they want their, they want to wet their beak. <laughs> so, Bill, uh, I can guarantee if Phil had anything to do with it, uh, has anything to do with it, there will be some side action going on. I agree um, with you. I agree. There could be a, a half a million or something between the now, two. Now, Tiger, the, the stories are he's notoriously cheap. Um, that's stories. I don't know. I don't know. I have no uh, knowledge of that, but maybe in his kind of new, uh, newfound, the new tiger 2.0, maybe he'll loosen up and, and have fun with it. Um, well, well, he did remember, he did say this. He, when Phil, Phil was kind of talking about it, tiger made the comment. He goes, well, we'll make it whatever, whatever makes Phil uncomfortable. That's how much we'll bet. Right. Cause he, he knows, knows he has, you he can't make tiger, you can't make yeah. tiger uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this, Todd tiger, you know, tiger, I don't think, I don't think, all the change that you've seen with him, I don't think he likes losing on a big stage. Uh-oh. That's uh, true. That's enough motivation for him, right? And I'm, I'm not saying Phil does. I'm, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Phil does. I'm he's just saying. More of a, he's more of a scunslinger, though, a little yeah, bit, right? Yeah, and I think you're going to see a, a, a really, you know, it'd be interesting to watch, Bill, the, the first six, seven, eight holes, and then as, it, as they make the turn to the back nine, you know. Uh, and the lights come on. All of a sudden, the chatter is going to go down. They're Are they going to play match play or metal? I believe they're going to play match play. Okay. Uh, I would love to see it as a metal event. I mean, because then you're never out. you got to play every hole, and you never know. When things are going sideways, you pull pop an eight. But you also also can't take chances. You also – Yeah, it's all right. But they will. It's Phil. It's Phil and Tiger. You don't think they're not going to take chances. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I think this is great for the game. I mean, you guys remember, Bill, you kind of alluded to it. Um, I want to say 10 years ago, it seemed like before every – football season, NFL season, like when preseason starts, like the week or two before they'd have one of these events, you know, a, a skins game or was Thanksgiving yeah. weekend. It was always yeah. Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Well, that's a skins game, but they also had like out in the, out in California, Annika sorts and Phil, yep. Fred, yeah. Fred Funk was out there. And I remember Annika out drove Fred and he had to put on a, a skirt. They um, played, they played those at Bighorn. I played both yeah. those courses back in the day. Yeah. And, and um, I love kind of like the dog days of summer before football. I think it's good for the game. And I think it's just fun. I mean, and there's a lot of money involved. So it makes it even yeah. more interesting. Bill, you're a, you're a, a golf fan. Uh, let me ask all you guys, have you read the book called the match? Mm, I haven't the match. It's Bill. It'd be a great one for you um, to put on your, your, maybe your list for uh, your flight out to, to San Francisco. Yeah. It's by, it's by, uh, I'm looking up really quick. It's by uh, Mark Frost who also wrote the greatest game ever played. Sure. Right. Um, it's a true story, but the way it's told is fantastic. It's a match that happened between two of the best golfers of their time, Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson played against two of the best amateurs of their Mark time. Frost. Mark Frost. Uh, yeah. Mark Frost wrote it. Yeah. And uh, it's Ken Venturi and I believe it's Henry. Uh, I forget the name of the other guy um, off the top of my head, but they basically arrange a match between these two amateurs and these two pros. And they're going to play it. They're going to play it at Cyprus. Harvey Ward, Sean. Harvey Ward. Thank you. And they're going to play it at Cyprus. And the, the promoters that were putting it together basically went to Byron Nelson and said, I'm not giving anything away the story, but yeah. went to Byron Nelson and said, Hogan's in if you're in. And he said, Hogan's in? And they went to Nelson and <laughs> Hogan said, Nelson's in if you're in. And he's like, wait, Nelson said he's in? All right, I'll do it. But the, both the pros said they'll do it as long as nobody knows about it. They just are going to go out on an open course and play. 
Mm. And as the, as the story goes along and what makes the book great is by the time they get to the 18th hole at Cyprus, there's almost 10,000 people Yeah, through, uh, just through phone calls. Yeah. Yeah. Started uh, chattering. Yeah. But, but the way the guy writes it, Bill, it's so cool That's because cool. It's, it's basically like two holes of the match. And then, a, and then the next chapter is about Harvey Ward. And it's, and it's at Cypress Point of all Cypress places. Point. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh my yeah. Gosh. And, and I won't, I won't tell anything about the end, but it is, it is, it is one of the coolest books you'll read. All right. Uh, just the way it tells the story. So, cool. all right, let's, let's hit, uh, shit, let's get Shea back involved. Let's talk NBA. Um, we know the greatest team of the decade has already been built. They added Boogie Cousins to the uh-huh. State Warriors. Uh, they give up JaVale McGee for Boogie Cousins. Uh, Shea, if Boogie Cousins comes back healthy, are you betting on the Golden State Warriors to win the NBA title next year? How can you not bet on the Golden State Warriors? <laughs> I, I, I heard the news of Boogie Cousins after we got off the podcast last week, and it was just instant face palm emoji. How? How? How do they assemble five Olympic five Olympic players on this on the, as a starting five? All five of those guys are on the Team USA. Now, are you buying into the story <laughs> that no one reached out to Boogie and asked for him to to play, and so he reached out to Golden State? I am. I am. I'm buying into it. Um, so B- DeMarcus Cousins is coming off an Achilles injury. Before the injury, DeMarcus Cousins was probably going to be a max max level free agent. Um, the offer that he signed with Golden State was one year, $5.8 million, which is almost a minimum. It's pretty close to the veteran's minimum. And no one knows how soon he's going to recover and at what level he'll be able to play once he recovers. Go, uh, they're predicting right now that he won't play until January or February. Mm. Really? The playoffs start in April, so <laughs> second season, right? Yeah. Well, so he'll be fresh. He he'll, be fresh. he'll be fresh for the playoffs. He'll be fat. Is what he'll be. DeMarcus. <laughs> that's, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Was that fat with an F or fat with a PH? <laughs> yeah, it's just how how is he going to gel with those personalities there? How you know how is he going to fit with the scheme that they have too? They they switch a lot of screening roles. DeMarcus is already a big guy, and he struggles with defending a screening role. Now you put him – you don't know if you're going to get 100% to Marcus, and that changes things for him defensively. So it could change their entire scheme. Todd, what were your thoughts? Uh, I was going to ask um, – <laughs> I was going to ask, is this, is this a smart move for Boogie? Um, you know, he has one year with a team that's favored to win a championship, and if he wins a championship, and then he can go for a better contract. Um, I know he's facing injuries. That's what I was going to ask Shea if, you know uh, – I talked to my son who follows the NBA a lot more than I do. And he, he couldn't believe he took the you know minimum contract. And I, you know, I just threw that out. You know, maybe it's a, a stopgap for him. One year you're making 5.8 million and then you sign a better, a better contract and uh, next season. I just, I just didn't know. Anything else happened in the NBA Shay that, that we need to pay attention to once again, Kawhi Leonard still not, um, nothing's been definitively signed by him, but I'll tell you the, the ramifications of LeBron leaving Cleveland, with nothing, uh, we're starting to see in baseball now a lot of talk about is Bryce Harper going to be traded um, before he possibly bails out on on Washington. Um, you know, it, the ramifications of seeing teams lose stars without any uh, compensation or whatever the, the word would be. Um, Shay, what's going on with any of the teams that are still out there? I, I know the big Timothy Mozgov. Uh, uh, <laughs> Signing was probably something on your radar. <laughs> <laughs> I follow everything basketball, everything. Um, you had a few big names move, uh, a few big names that are probably not in their prime anymore. 
Tony Parker was actually a yeah. is actually a Charlotte Hornet now. So wow. once wow. again, we see San Antonio just kind of falling apart slowly but surely. Um, actually, Tony Parker's backup Ryan Anderson as well actually left to go to the Memphis Grizzlies. So that team's that team's slowly starting to fall apart. Um, another big name that we mentioned before on here as well is Carmelo Anthony. So the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to release Carmelo Anthony, and so now the sweepstakes is on Carmelo. Does he go to L.A.? Does he go to Houston? You've got a Miami that's kind of bidding for his services, too. Um, little past his prime, but, I mean, he's still mellow. He's still one of the greatest scorers the game's ever seen. So Interesting. And, and Shay, let's, let's hit on your home team. Uh, tell us about what, what's going on with Damian Lillard. Probably, oh probably, probably the star you have. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So the Blazers are extremely, uh, extremely strapped for cash, and um, – they don't have too many assets outside of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. They don't really have too many assets and too Let me many call pieces time to out. move. Why, why are they strapped for cash? Because of bad decisions in the past, or because oh, of absolutely players. Everything from Greg Oden. I was going to say they're still paying Oden. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh. From Greg Oden to Evan Turner's bad contract, there was just a lot of bad contracts written within the last five to six years, and they're still paying for it. Okay, so that hurts Portland. Um, the Lakers are putting together an offer for Damian Lillard. Now, I'm going to tell you this about Damian Lillard. He absolutely loves Portland. He does so much in the community. Um, he moved his entire family here. He's from the Bay Area, the Oakland area, the Bay Area. He moved his entire family here, brothers, cousins, moms. Everyone lives in Portland. He loves Portland, and he's gone on record saying that he loves Portland. But the thing that, that the locals aren't talking about here is it's not a situation where it's a free agent. Damian's still under contract for three more years. So if he's traded, he has no control over that. So it doesn't matter how much you love a city. They right. can still move him. Mm-hmm. But I think it's great. Uh, summer League's going on right now in Vegas. So Vegas uh, has a lot of NBA stars. And, you know, I think it's great. He went and had uh, breakfast yesterday with Coach Terry Scotts. And, you know, they blast a picture all over social media. So, you know, it kind of calms everyone down in the city. But uh, when there's smoke, there's fire. And um, the Blazers, he's the only asset we really have. So we'll see. Besides Shea Brewer working the sidelines. Todd, <laughs> <laughs> you were going to jump in on something. I was going to ask Shea if he, if he keeps tabs of the uh, Summer League, and he answered, uh, he answered it. So, Can I say one thing about Summer League? And I'm, I promise I won't go off on a soapbox. I went off on a rant about the Atlanta Hawks, and they <laughs> aggravate me so badly. Trey Young is the, the trade that the Hawks essentially uh, – they traded down for Trey Young, so they essentially took him with a third pick. His first two shots in summer league – Total air balls. <laughs> and then he got hurt too, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, uh, he got hurt against the Blazers uh, two nights ago. Mm. So. Yeah, and then, and then Grayson, Allen, Grayson Allen makes a nice uh, tackle uh, on, on Trey Young as he's going up for three-pointer, uh, putting the, the target on his back early in his pro career. Nice. Did he trip him? Trip him or tap no, him? Trey Young went up for a shot and, and Grayson kind of grabbed him by both arms and then Trey kind of tried to fight through it and Grayson just, just was almost tackling him. Um, you know, I mean, Trey jumped into the tackle, but once again, listen to what I said. Trey jumped into the tackle. It was, um, <laughs> it, you know, and then, and then the team shoved and Grayson acted like, what did I do wrong? And, you know, it was uh, – Duke Hater. Duke Hater. Yeah. Ducator Carpenter. All right, guys, let's finish up uh, and, and get get on the road uh, on this Monday night episode. Major League Baseball. Uh, we're coming into the pretty close to the All Star break. We're one week in. Uh, here's our our division leaders. Boston has has spread out a little bit of a lead on on New York after head to head matchups. Um, Cleveland, uh, 
even with two losses, is uh, rolling in the central. Nine and a half game lead. Houston up a couple over Seattle. Over in the in the uh, NL, Todd, your Atlanta Braves and Shea still on top over guess who? Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Brewers. He got the uh, Braves and the Brewers. <laughs> Uh, or Braves and the and the and the Phillies um, up there. Milwaukee Brewers are, are in the Central and Arizona out west. That's an interesting. Bill, the Dodgers are right there. It came and a half out, um, hitting a ton of home runs, just absolutely pounding the ball right now. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, another All Star snub over there. We'll talk about. Yeah, the Dodgers. yeah. So, <laughs> anything going on just in in baseball that you've that you paid attention to? You know, with with after this week with the World Cup going off, eyes will probably shift a little bit more to baseball. Um, timing's kind of perfect. World Cup and then all-star game coming up next week. But have you guys seen anything going on in, in major league baseball that's caught your eye, Bill? Well, I, I think um, what's happening in the American league with those, the, the four teams, you know, you think about it um, in the central Cleveland's going to, you know, advance, but you got the yeah. Yankees, the Sox, the Mariners and the uh, Astros all had 50 wins like the, or, no, earlier than any four teams that have ever done that. There's a good chance that those four teams win a hundred games and two of them have to play a play in game to get yeah. into the playoffs. Yeah. So that's pretty uh, amazing. There's very little parody going on right now in the American league. There, there are, there are the haves and the have nots um, pretty straightforward. And I think the National League West is going to be a ton of fun, you know, because even the, the giants are, you know, making noise, but yeah, the yeah. Dodgers and the D backs, that's going to be, that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. So for sure. Yeah. Um, before we get to the all-star game and finish up, uh, Bill, there's a, there's a E60, uh, Jeremy Schaap. Mm. I, I watched it yesterday. I couldn't turn it off. It was called perfect. Um, and it's kind of a, he does a, a recap of all the people that have thrown perfect games in baseball that are still living. Oh, he's going to talk Hall- about, Gal- he talks about Galarragas, right? Yeah. Roy Halliday's in it. Um, and they show, right. They, they really kind of, they go, th- it's kind of cool the way he does it. He sets up, you know, the, the story of a perfect game and the history yeah. and only, only 16 or 17 guys have done it. Um, they interview everyone that's, that, that was living at the time, in, in, including Roy Halladay, who was, who was yep. interviewed. Um, and then they go through like first inning and they show like all these different highlights of, you know, plays that saved the perfect game and, and calls that, that maybe could have gone the other way. Um, and they, and throughout they Galarraga is in the story. Oh. So was so Mike Mussina right. in Boston uh, and, and then those guys both lost it, you know, with one out left. Do they, do they bring Pedro Martinez in it? Because Pedro, Pedro had a perfect, he had a perfect yeah. game in San Diego. Mm. Well, Pedro had a perfect game, went nine innings. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. And, and then lost in the 10th. Lost in the 10th. Roberts yes. leads off of the, I was at that game. Pip Roberts, yeah. I was at a perfect game that wasn't. I still yeah. had wow. a no hitter, yeah. a perfect game. <laughs> so. he, he played for the, for the Expos at the time, right? That was the Expos. Yeah. That was Pedro at the Expos, yeah. Yeah, so if you get a, get a chance to see that, it's, it's really gripping right, just to I'll watch. watch yeah. and, and to hear the guys talking and to hear about, like, at what point in the game do they realize, yeah. holy shit, I'm throwing a perfect game. Um, we just had – look, uh, we just had five uh, – was it in the sixth inning? Yeah, Ivaldi uh, with the Rays was perfect yep. uh, through five with the uh, Nationals. Yep. And, and they, at the very end, they show this, this uh, little league kid who, who says, you know, they show all the players, you know, Dallas Braden and all these guys. And they show this little league kid. And he's like, my name's, you know, Billy Smith. Um, and I took a perfect game. Six innings, 18 batters faced, 18 batters out, 18 strikeouts. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. Struck out every kid. He That's, awesome. So, That's awesome. Uh, Bill, let's talk all-star game. It is truly, I think it's still one of the true all-star games where you can watch it and it's fun to watch and it's, it's the real game. You're not playing a fake game. You're playing a game um, just like the same rules during the season, unlike yep. NHL and unlike Pro Bowl. 
Uh, clearly, the NBA game is – it's the same rules, I guess, but <laughs> no, no D. No D. Right now. Um, so, so, so tell me this. First of all, on a personal note, how the hell are we going to watch this when we're in San Francisco and we all have events scheduled next Tuesday? I know, right? Well, uh, we gotta, I got to squeeze some time in. Uh, yeah, I'll have a little – yeah, and remember, remember, it's you know, probably first pitch is what five thirty. Five thirty ish, yeah. So I'll yeah. I'll tell you what I'll be doing. Like the old days, it won't be a transistor radio in my pocket, but it'll be tuned in radio on my iPhone. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll have one earbud in listening to the game. So so why don't you, Bill? You're our you're our our veteran uh, baseball guy. Uh, look at looking at the lineups. What what stands out to you from the starting lineups? The American League's you- amazing. Oh my That's God, what yeah. stands out first. I mean, it's it's not even fair on paper. But So we'll run through the National League first. Okay. Uh, the Braves always come out and vote in a couple players that really don't deserve it because the Braves <laughs> do that. They, like, <laughs> stuff the ballot box. The stories of the ballot box stuffing in Atlanta are legendary. So, <laughs> I, I, hear, I hear you, Bill. I hear you. <laughs> so, so, so at first base, you got Freddie Freeman of the Braves. That's fine. He's awful. Yeah, yeah, he's awful. Yeah, what about what, where's, where's Goldie? <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt. But don't worry about that. Um, Javi Baez of the Cubs at second, great, you know, great second base. No one Arenado, uh, perennial third base, uh, all-star with the Rockies. He's, you know, uh, another level. Brandon Crawford's shortstop of the Giants. Then in the outfield, you got Bryce Harper, Matt Kemp, who's sold yeah. his soul to the devil. Yeah, because big, big there's no way he should be there. And Nick Markakis gets in with the Braves. He's a good player. Uh, uh, yeah. Wilson Contreras with the Cubs, young stud. Who's great, great video if you see it on Twitter of him, of him finding out he was an all-star. It's really cool. That's cool. He's kind of walking to the clubhouse as he finds out. Really cool. Wilson with two L's. Don't forget that. Uh, but then you get to the American League. First base, Jose Abreu, a White Sox uh, player, which is, you know. First, first White Sox voted in, I think, in like 30-some years. I think you're right, yeah. Frank yeah. Thomas, maybe a lot. Did Frank Thomas ever get voted No, Frank, Frank Thomas was never, never voted. Never did. Wow. Um, Jose Altuve, I mean, the mighty midget from the Astros. He's amazing. Jose Ramirez from Cleveland, right, Sean? So yep. Good third baseman. Then you got Manny Machado. <laughs> which, let, me, let, me, let me stop. Let me yeah, stop go right. ahead. I, was, I just want to run these names. There's, there's a good chance. That in a couple of weeks, Manny Machado and um, who, who's the third baseman? Uh, oh, for the name? Orioles? No, oh, the one I just said, Jose Ramirez of the Indians. Good chance Manny Machado is going to be an Indian. Uh, wow. Almost everyone is saying he's, he's going to be get, you know, <clears throat> they're going to trade him, and Cleveland wow. seems to be the front runner, and they'll move, they'll move Machado to third, and they'll move the. Um, Ramirez. 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 Yeah, they'll move him over to second. Yeah. Second base. Okay, gotcha. Uh, but then, he, so you got Machado. Was, the outfield's was unbelievable. Oh, <laughs> Mookie Betts, Aaron Judge, and Mike Trout. Are you kidding me? I mean, and, that's, yeah. and Giancarlo Stanton's not even mentioned because he, he strikes <laughs> out too much. But, and then Wilson Ramos, Tampa Bay Rays, got voted in, which was uh, the reason probably yeah. that Blake Snell had the all-time snub of all times because you had to have one player from every team. Mm. Ramos being you know, voted in by the fan yeah. and designated hitter, by the way, JD Martinez, <laughs> the bomb named JD Martinez. It was <laughs> close to 30 home runs. So, um, but, but two, two notable, really notable stubs. I'm going to read this tweet real quick from Chris Archer, right? Uh, it says, someone tell me why Blake Snell isn't unanimously on the AL all-star team. Here, here are his numbers. He's first in ERA 2.09 tied for second wins with 12 tied for third opposing batting average, 183 tied for third with 14 quality starts. He says, I know how, because we as players, the ones who vote for the pitchers, didn't do our due diligence. We have to collectively take the time and effort and responsibility to fill out our ballots. It's totally on us, and I'm calling out everyone who didn't take the energy to determine 
who is most deserving to represent our game in the Midsummer Classic. This stuff matters. Let's be better. Blake Snell's an all-star, not an alternate replacement or backup. Those, that's insane. 12 and 4 at the all-star yeah. break. Uh, 2.09 ERA and not on the team. The other one's Max Muncy. This kid comes out of nowhere on the Dodgers. He has 200 at-bats and 20 home runs. He's the fastest Dodger ever to 20 home runs. Think about how many Dodgers there have been that you know, are, are fairly amazing hitters. And so he is also not on the team. So, wow. Uh, yeah. And, and they're going to say, well, he just kind of came up and too late. Um, so a couple of things. They might get in with injuries. It happens. Who do you um, look to be starting pitchers in, in both leagues? I mean, does Verlander yeah. or Kluber get the call in the – Yeah. Yeah, for you obviously they want to start Scherzer because they're in, they're playing it in Washington. That's true. So there'd be nothing better than that. Um, but uh, yeah, in the AL, one of those two, either one, whoever's got the right days of rest, you know, comes sure. up so he can pitch an inning or two. Uh, it's all about managing uh, managing that, and the, the managers have to manage that different. They used to try to get every pitcher in; they just worked it out. But after the infamous tie game, that you know, yeah. they had to fix that, and they made the game mean something. So the winning. Uh, the, the team that, that wins now gets home field advantage in the uh, World Series has been that way for a long time. So it matters. Uh, let me ask you, let me ask Shay out there, uh, will you watch the All-Star game? Are you uh, enough of a fan of sports to watch the All-Star game? Is <coughs> I'll watch some of it. Um, I think I'll be more interested in the home run derby the night before, but okay. uh, sure. I will tune into a little of the All-Star game. Sure. Good. Todd? Yeah. Obviously, you'll you'll tune in and see see what the Braves do. And um, do you have a dog in the fight, so to speak? Uh, yeah. So I'll watch. Um, maybe tune in and out. Uh, but I'm a National League guy. I just grew up rooting for the Braves. Um, gosh, the American League just scores more runs, it seems, and and usually wins these things. Um, but Bill, I'm reading that last year they uh, they quit um, having the game count. Oh, so. you're right. You're absolutely yeah. right. Yep, they did. Yeah. But hey, you know what? I, I see both sides, but I always thought it was kind of silly um, that the home field advantage isn't determined by by record; it's determined by one <laughs> exhibition game. So I'm I'm in favor for not having a count. Um, but anyway, right? That's right. All right, boys. Uh, good episode. Let's uh, let's wrap up like we always do. Bill, let's start start with you and your your regular leadoff slot. Tell us what who, what's going on this week and who do you have in the uh, on the real estate sessions this week? Man, if you saw how fast I run. You would not hit me lead off. I'm just telling yeah. you. This is a, a six a, foot four. Six four lead off man, quick not as lightning. Gonna, not uh, yeah, greased maple syrup, not lightning. Um, so let's see. I got Julie Tambusi on the real estate session, Sean. He's she's one of our ambassadors. Really, really neat. Uh, out of uh, North Charlotte, Carolina. right? Yep, Charlotte. She's also with the Savvy and Company, which is a really cool operation. So we talked to her about growing, working in New York, and then ending up down in uh, North Carolina. So that'll be fun. And then I leave right and early tomorrow morning for, for uh, Fort Myers. And I'll be down there for three days doing my typical monthly duties down there, uh, trying to help our sales team uh, in the uh, Estero, Bonita Springs, Sanibel Island, uh, Cape Coral, Fort Myers area. Tough life, man. Tough yeah, life. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, someone's got to do it. Good, good for you, man. Good for you. Todd, what's going on, man? Back at work? Back I'm back at work. I had a just... Can't emphasize enough what a fantastic week I had last week with family. Um, I'm trying to carry over the uh, the gratitude uh, in my personal life over to my professional life. So I'm trying to get some good business karma going. Um, had some tr- have training tomorrow, uh, much needed training. Um, and then the next couple weeks ahead, I'll be riding with different uh, brand managers. So 
um, started off a little slow and, and it's, it's filling up action packed uh, summer. Very good. Shay, hey, what's going on with you, man? What's, what's happening this week as, as the weather comes up? So <clears throat> we're looking at a heat wave in Portland. Yay. What does that mean? <laughs> that means that it will be, it will be warmer than the 62 that it is right now. Uh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean, she's wearing a North Face jacket for crying out loud. It was summer. What's, what's 62? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> is that Celsius? That is not an interstate. Oh. That's what it's oh. not. <laughs> no, um, this week I really want to focus. Um, I, I, have a, I had a great opportunity to meet Sean at a, at a bar here and uh, meet you guys and do this podcast, but I really want to get back to uh, get back to finding balance. Uh, in all areas of your life. Um, I think that's really important and it spills over professionally, personally, and just, you know, everything there, just find balance and just kind of embrace the moment and live in the moment. We're constantly, we're on the go and we're planning and thinking about the future, but really just appreciate what's in front of us right now. That's, that's Cheers. Well said, man. Absolutely. I don't know if you saw my, 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 my blog post uh, that hit, you know, my, my Monday morning match, but I talk about, you know, what's your strategy for success and sometimes having no strategy sometimes you know bill going out to the golf course without trying to shoot a number with just hitting the ball and and, and playing is is great so shay great reminder uh, for me guys i'm two days off the grid the next two days i'm taking ryan ryan is in a golf tournament up towards cleveland uh it's gonna be a father son we're gonna go up and do a practice round on the course tomorrow uh find a little <laughs> neighborhood restaurant to have some dinner in and watch the indians reds um and then get a good night's sleep and watch him play in a in a tournament with a bunch of strangers that he's never played in on a course he's never played until tomorrow. Uh, mm. So that'll be fun. And then uh, back into town and just start getting ready for next week, Bill, which we'll recap on next week's show. But uh, a lot of building relationships, solving problems, and having fun coming up. So, guys, I'll tell you what, it's always fun chatting with you guys, whether it's a day late or a day early. Uh, thanks for being on here. As they say in another avenue, let's get down to the nitty gritty. <laughs> uh, and thanks for listening to the Stare Down.